What's up, everyone? It's your host, Sam and Maddie, joined by our series co-host, Jenna. What up? (laughs) What up? Um, uh, a little bit of a different situation here. There's a couple things. First of all, Jenna was um, impacted by Hurricane Ian in Florida this past week and has not had internet. So she is joining via phone. Um, yeah. So if I sound different from other uh, uh, previous pods, that is the reason why I, I am, yeah, by phone and not my regular microphone. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So um, we hope that won't be an issue. Um, And then as we go forward, but this was the best way that we, we figured out how to do it. So another thing that's different from some of the previous episodes is the way that we're going to do this podcast is uh, for this episode is we're not going to go scene by scene. We're kind of just going to talk about like high level, bigger picture things, and then get into some like character analysis and scene analysis, but um, not in chronological order. So uh, we're just testing some things out and uh, bear with us. New format. Yeah. We're just testing some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I will get right into it and ask both of you uh, what you thought about the episode overall. Maddie, do you want to start? Yeah, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think especially comparing it to the last episode, uh, the last episode seemed like there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of context, a lot of setting up, which is good. We need that for the story. But this episode just felt there was a little more action which I really liked there was just I think some more significant developments Mm -hmm. um that we really got to see so I enjoyed it I definitely have a favorite scene like from this episode and from the series overall yeah (laughs) and we'll get there yeah we're going to talk about favorite scenes uh and break those down a little later Mm -hmm. but um Jenna what did you think about the episode uh, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to add on to that, you know, as far as, you know, comparing previous episodes to this one, you know, I agree, there was a lot of dialogue in the last one, and, um, which is needed, like you said, and, you know, this one is just a little bit more, and it's a little bit more than, like, you know, as far as the story and stuff goes, where they're mentioning things later on, which we will get to that I'm super excited about. Um, so it's like now everything's kind of like really building up, like it's still a build up because there's no like actual fighting, you know, they're not at the Southlands yet, but it's like it's definitely more of like it keeps building and building, and now we're finally like feels like we're pushing forward a little bit, yes. yeah, d- definitely. So, um, just noting that this is episode, oh, well, <laughs> I didn't even say this in the beginning, yeah. I've missed a lot. Okay, sorry guys. I got excited. Um that we're talking about uh Lord of the Rings Rings of Power season 1 episode 5 right now called Partings um and this episode contains spoilers. So stop yeah, yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, my overall so this being episode 5, we are now at a halfway point in mm-hmm. the season. So I think that's important to know because we really start to see the climax pick up um and you know where we're going. So we're really building now. I think the first four episodes were a lot of um plot and character development and now, you know, we have the solid uh relationships that we're seeing with with people and um, and then, yeah, they're they're quite literally at the end of it on their way to, you know, the Great War. 
So I think that in the series to come, you know, for the next five episodes, we're just going to see that that war being waged. But um, yeah, this episode was great. I thought that it was more interesting for me than like episode four. Also, we start off with the Harfoots. And I was so excited. (laughs) The opening theme came up. I was like, oh, here we are. I I also first scene. (laughs) I also thought that I was like oh Sam is happy oh my god and with so I'm happy actually I think one of the more interesting things too just overall with this episode is that we got to see every character that or every um kind of group of characters in this whereas in in the past episodes we've traded so we've gotten the dwarves but we didn't get the hobbits and or the harfoots but so with this one we got to see all of them because they're all kind of coming together now mm-hmm. which is cool yeah. um you know and i'm i love an ensemble cast and i love seeing you know them uh like their characters develop separately and then all come together so I'm really hoping that that happens when we're talking about Adar and the orcs and Sauron eventually and all of that so that's gonna be cool to see um but speaking of characters uh I specifically was really I I think I'm the most intrigued right now by Adar Mm -hmm. um well that's you know what the orcs call him I'm actually not sure what his real name is uh, but him, you know, and what, I guess what's to come with him, this is more in like a theory section, but, uh, I was a little like what's going on when he was in the, the sunlight with, and then, you know, showed the orcs arm and, you know, and, and was saying basically like, this is the, you know, after what I'm about to do, this is the last time that I'll be able to bask in the warmth, but I don't know what that means. So what did you guys think about that? So generally from Tolkien, like, not not so much lore, but there, there has been a few things, like, as far as, he didn't really confirm it, but, like, the creation of orcs and how and what they actually are. So I think it's bringing in the fact that, because um, orcs are essentially, um, the theory is that they are corrupted elves. So I think that scene is kind of just showing that Adar is, like on his way to being fully corrupted and being changed into something else mm. okay that makes so, sense yeah i also yeah. have a question that so, because- that's what I so that's why i'm like you know he like literally they showed us an example of this orc burning and him saying i'm no longer going to be able to be as i am right now and i'm going to turn into one of you is what I took away from it. Yeah. So I think that, that, I think that that's my big question mark is that was almost like that I got, I understood that, but I'm like, what does he have to do? Like, what is that final, you know, action that he takes to cross the line, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. I was also wondering about him because I don't know if they've showed his ear fully, but it seems like it comes to a point and I'm like, Oh, like, why are you, I don't know. It, it seems like his skin almost has like an unhealable condition. So I'm like, if you're an elf, I don't know. Like it, it, it I definitely had questions. It seems like he's an elf that's like turned. Um, I didn't put that together though, that like they, that there's a theory that they might be corrupted elves, which actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, Adar is tricky because like we haven't seen him be super violent, but we know that he's on the side of the orcs. Although he let um Aaron Deer go. I mean to deliver a message, but still like why would he do that? You know, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, I think that's gonna be really interesting because really we he is the main villain right now. We don't know where Sauron is, you know, we have an inkling that he's still alive. Like we kind of know that he's still alive just based on the knowledge of the, you know, Middle Earth as we know it before the show. But um yeah, so I think that he's like the main bad dude. So I'm like watching him closely, I feel. But so did get um which I'm kind of excited as far as the theory crafting goes is the um we do get a scene with the three robed individuals yes so um that's just introduction to three more characters which you know has that evil um aura they kind of have a cross (laughs) so i there's a lot of theories behind that character as well because I, I they're doing a really good job of throwing around the evil role to multiple characters and making you question who is playing a part for what side mm-hmm. because I talked before about how you know Halbrand is is pretty you know sketchy and we think that he is you know, he has ulterior motives. And then now we get introduction to Adar. And obviously we know he's with the orcs. So we know that he's evil, but, but we haven't actually seen Sauron yet. And now we get introduced to these three individuals. And then, you know, they keep going back to Meteor Man. Like who is, who is he? And they're, they're like making, it's like a pinball machine. They're making you like, like who is Sauron? Like who, which one is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was one of the biggest, like, what, what the fuck is this? Because those individuals we see in the episode, um, show up and at the crash site mm-hmm. of Meteor Man, Starboy Wonder. Um, and I think, you know, what I'm going to call him is Galaxy Guy. So you, Hell, you, got it. <laughs> uh, you know, I also had another name for him. Daddy who doesn't know, <laughs> doesn't know anything. Um. Um, actually speaking of him, I did kind of want to talk about him a little bit because we, we didn't get him or the Harfoots last episode and where we pick up with them is that they're well on their way in the migration. Um, they're still kind of behind, uh, in terms of the other Harfoots, but you know, they're keeping up specifically because of galaxy guy, um, cause he's helping them. But there's some things that happen throughout. So, for example, you know, they're in the middle of these woods and they're kind of sketchy and then they're attacked by big hog dog things. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and he's the only. <laughs> Go ahead, Jenna. Oh, no, like I think they're I think they, they are calling them wolves, even yeah. though they, they don't look it. <laughs> but I yeah, think that's like the closest thing that they that they are like comparable to. Yeah, yeah, they they are reminiscent of like a wild boar meets a wolf, I guess. Um so yeah, so then they're they're attacked by three of them and and um Galaxy Guy is the only thing that can save uh Nori and her friend, which I keep forgetting her name, and then the other woman who's a total bitch. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and and he saves them by 
you know, like slamming his arm on the ground and essentially shaking, you know, like blowing them away. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's really cool. And then, you know, he reveals right after that, that his arm is completely bruised and, you know, fucked up really. Yeah. Uh, Really interesting too. Just a quick note about like when he spent, when he uses his power, it's it's actually detrimental to him too. Yeah. Yeah. And not just other things because he had said in the beginning of the episode, him and Nori were having a conversation. She's teaching him how to speak and what words mean. And, you know, he was almost like, I am peril. Mm -hmm. And so he, you know, thinks of himself as a bad, you know, a a crux almost. I know it's really sad. I'm just like, God, please don't actually be evil, dude. That that interaction between the two of them, like right off rip, like as the episode starts was really, you know, because he's, he's really trying to understand and he's, you know, learning from her and she's having this conversation with them. I feel like it's almost like a conversation that you would have with a pet where mm-hmm. you just like, you're assuming that they understand everything that you're saying, but you know, with him, obviously he can respond and he's learning these words. And when she's describing, you know, bad and peril and, you know, he knows that he killed the fireflies. And when mm-hmm. she says the word kill, and then, you know, he remembers the fireflies. He's like, I'm peril. And like she has to reassure him that no, you're good, like that you are a good thing, like don't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a really nice interaction. And I think, you know, we touched on this a few pod episodes ago, but I think that he's in a place where he has so much power, but so little knowledge. And he's kind of like a bull in a china shop. It feels like especially with the Harfoots because they're so fragile. Um, but yeah he really, I think, has the capacity to go either way. And Nori finding him is going to lead him into the right direction. But Maddie, that was a really good point too, is that he doesn't just have the power to hurt other things. He has the power to really hurt himself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really reminiscent. I, I actually think that it's kind of a trope in television and movies. Like I've definitely seen this before where like, if you use your, like, you know, you use a bunch of power and then like they immediately collapse because they're just drained. It's very reminiscent of that um which i think is interesting i'm like yeah you have to charge up like you're not just a wizard who can just shoot lightning from your fingertips and like yeah so it's all good you know there yeah. is a cost um mm-hmm. very yeah everything has a price you know yeah definitely um it kind of reminds me of just like 11 from stranger things you know she's she's a yeah. girl <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so then the main point uh, that I wanted to bring up with uh, Rocket Man, <laughs> I'm just going to ironically call him something different every time. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so I know that uh, Prime calls him the stranger. That's what his, yeah. like, that's, yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking boring. They missed opportunity there, Prime. Yeah, so many um, opportunities. <laughs> so also... A fun little fact too because I know at the end of that I just want to throw it in here because this also goes into like a little bit of theory crafting on who he he might be and I I'm again leaning towards that he might be Gandalf again mm-hmm. even though I like the way but now I'm thinking it again because just a, a fun little fact 
um, after that scene and like Poppy comes back in and they ask her to like sing that song while they're like, it's like a motivational, like sing your song so we can like have some entertainment while we keep, you know, migrating. Um, there's a line in the song that she's singing that is the, um, not all those who wander or wander are lost. Yep. And, um, which is actually something that Bilbo Baggins says to Aragorn in the books. Yeah. Uh, and that Bilbo Baggins describes Gandalf as a wandering wizard. <gasps> so, and when it, that line, like, not all those who wander are lost, it shows Meteor Man, like, looking up at the skies, blue sky when the, that yes. line is sung. So, it's fucking Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a little that I like. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, hold on a second. So that's my little tidbit for that that I got really excited about too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and it, it really makes sense. I said it before that it would make sense if it is Gandalf and a, a hobbit essentially is the person mm-hmm. that taught and protected him when he was, you know, first yeah. taught. So, and why he has such an affinity for hobbits, even from when we see him in the movies and, you know, in the future. I'm actually glad we brought up the song too, because um, not only was it for entertainment, but it was like motivational. If you listen to the lyrics, they're talking about like migrating to a new land and there's going to be wonder there and all this shit. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we, okay. So this kind of just, skips ahead for us because that was going to be my favorite scene (laughs) at the end no that's fine that's fine so now we don't have to say it later but um yeah that was my favorite scene and and him that just that little bit of him looking up at the galaxy you know at the stars uh it's it's really kind of sad because I'm like oh like he just doesn't understand why he's not home anymore and it's kind of like a pet you're totally right Jenna where it's just like they're they just don't know and there's really it's really hard to make something like that understand when they you can't communicate with them but um that was where I came up with galaxy guy I was like you know (laughs) just always looking at the stars and um but yeah that's that's all oh oh, well okay so the one the reason the one thing at the end of it where it's like he really has to be mindful of his own um power is where he's trying he's has his hand you know his arm in a little like well area underwater and trying to you know kind of soothe it uh because it's all bruised up and he starts to freeze the water around it to heal himself but nori ends up getting her hand she knows she touches him and her hand gets frozen too and then she gets really scared of him because of how powerful he is and how being around him especially when you're a harfoot and you don't really have powers like that like how scary and dangerous that can be um, so that was really tough to see because he doesn't understand his own power. And uh, so that was just, that was why I wanted to talk about him is that it's going to be interesting to see. The other thing too is that like, he was almost like in a trance in a way too. Mm-hmm. So like, he didn't even know she was there. So it's not like he, it's almost like he, he one, he didn't know that he was going to hurt her but in a way he also didn't even realize she was there because he was like chanting yeah he was and I, he was like literally in his own like he almost like a meditation like he wasn't aware of anything that was going on around him so 
it's like you feel just so terrible because you know she does she runs away and she's like completely terrified but he like looks and he's just like huh like I didn't even realize you were there yeah yeah so I'll say and again I'm sorry to be a Harfoot hater but (laughs) Nori read the fucking room this man was in his zone and you go and touch ice that's I don't know to me again it's like the naivety but I'm like don't be so dumb don't touch that (laughs) my god do not talk about her like that Maddie touch that Nori (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh geez okay it's just so funny that like Maddie, if you guys listened to um, the last episode that we did for episode four of uh, Rings of Power, we were debating pretty much in and out the entire episode about Theo and fucking, what's the other shit's name? Rowan, was it? Yeah. Um, Who we see later on doing dumb shit again. Uh, (laughs) Like these children need to be disciplined and given lessons because- not my child, not my fucking child. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. Um, but I'm like, I don't want to be a hater, but I'm just like, oh, please, like you need, you need to thank God you guys are exploring and wondering because you need to learn some shit. Yeah, I will. I will not allow any Harfoot hate on this podcast. I will Don't mute you. <laughs> I will mute you me off the call right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I kind of got out the the things that I wanted, the characters specifically that I wanted to talk about throughout this episode and then just like their development. But um, are there anybody, you know, is there anybody that you guys want to talk about specifically? I'll start with Jenna. Um, honestly, like the biggest thing for me was, is the new, the three new people that are introduced. Because mm-hmm. I know like, Obviously, everybody's really like excited about where the storyline is going with everybody else because there has been that character development already and their storylines are moving forward. My thing is like, I'm always just like, who are these people? Who is Sauron? So like, that's what I'm focused on like most of the time. So between like Meteor Man and figuring out who he is and then now, and obviously we've already discussed him, but now these like, three other strangers um so i i looked them up as far as like who like their names um so there's um the nomad the aesthetic and the dweller and the dweller is the one that we see with like the short hair like that goes down there they're referred to as the dweller so I'm like, okay, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like that doesn't help me with like any, anything at all. And again, going back to what I said before about like pointing the finger at who's, who's Sauron, they're really making it seem like this person is Sauron now. So it's like, I don't know. That's- if I'm being honest, I'm not sure if we're going to get him maybe not maybe it'll be the cliffhanger at the end of the season i don't think they're going to give it to us that quick you know the whole show is the rings of power so the the big thing is the creation of the rings 
which is we've already got a little bit of a taste of that because we know that um, the dwarves and the elves are working on this forge. We've already been uh, introduced to Halbrand being in, in the um, dismissing like guild or whatever. Um, so like we have bits and pieces like coming to fruition as far as like this forge goes and the creation of the, the rings. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as what Sauron does in this instance and what he has to do with the rings is that there is an elf um, named Anatar and Sauron disguises himself as this elf and he actually works with Alabrimbor to create the rings. Mm. So Sauron like can shift and change into any form that he wants. That's why it's like they're making it seem like this in this person that checks out the site for Meteor Man is like Sauron now. Yeah. Or Sauron could look anybody. Yeah. Um but yeah, like Sauron's like um what he has to do with the rings is, is incredibly important because he like I said, he disguises himself. And he works directly with them to create the rings. Um, and Sauron is, is one of the people or one of the things that gets a ring in the end as well. So, oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like my brain uh, my feels exploding because I'm like, I just want to know who it is. I just want to see him. And like I know Halbrand was like this contender at one point and then I switched and I said you know what he's probably going to be either a ring race or he's going to be the the witch king that you know controls all of them and now with these three people just showing up I'm like my brain (laughs) I have one note on these three people (laughs) and I am going to call them smelfs because they're a cross between Smeagol and an elf. That's yeah. what they look like. <laughs> they, did, they did have a very distinctive look. It was it was so different yeah. than anything we've seen. So it was a little jarring when I first saw it. It was like my one like, holy shit, let me stand up, pause the TV and get closer. Because I need to like, I need to study these people. Who the fuck are you? Um, yeah, yeah, so definitely. It's going to be interesting. I think that the, the Sauron reveal is going to be that obviously probably the biggest reveal of the entire show. I'm sure of it. So I, yeah, I think we're going to have to wait a little bit, but that's kind of the fun in it. And it would be really fun mm-hmm. to be like in the writer's room for that is like, you know, we can play around with it because he is a shapeshifter. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is probably so fun for them. Cause I would love mm-hmm. to just be in a writer's room and be like, how are we going to withhold this as long as we possibly can and make these people starve? <laughs> like, um, yeah, and um, I would say other other than those three that I was like really hyper focused on, I would say, um, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about it anyway. Um, but as far as that little shithead Kemen going onto the boat, sabotage the this this venture that is about to happen, um, and Isildur coming and essentially saving his ass oh you know my one note is like if a sealed were like if if being in the wrong place at the wrong time was any person it is that man he literally cannot break um 
And yeah. And that one dude, you know, we kind of called it last week when we said, you know, yeah, the little flirting with the sister might've been cute, but like, what are your intentions? Why are you here out of, out of nowhere? Like what's, what's happening? So, um, yeah, he is a little shit. The fact that the people of Numenor dislike the elves and now everybody knows that this voyage is going to happen. Kevin doesn't agree with it. So, of course, in his head, he's like, well, I'm going to go and destroy the ships so they can't go on this this voyage. Yeah. So it's, it's just very destructive. He's very just, he's very like, I can't think of the word right now off the top of my head, but he, he's just very like, not a martyr, but he's just, he's very for his own cause and he's yeah. very for the, his people. And he doesn't care if he goes and he's blows up a dozen ships or tr- tries to anyway. He's mm-hmm. going to make sure that it gets done. Yeah. And he's. I don't like him. I didn't yeah. like him. I said, like him. I saw this episode and I was like, yep, definitely <laughs> don't like him. Yeah. No. Um, Maddie, do you have thoughts on that besides um, the twat? I mean, I I definitely felt the same way. I was like, oh, this little fuck, you know? And um, I think it was really interesting too, just the conversation that he had with Farazan. And, you know, Farazan is kind of appeasing the people. Like, oh, like, you know, da 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 And, you know, everyone's like, how can he make a decision like that and back up Queen Muriel? Well, what are you going to do? Deny the queen? No, you're going to say yes and then do some shady shit behind closed doors, which is has been confirmed because I think he says like, oh, by the end of this, like, the elves will be taking orders from us. Mm-hmm. So, oh. um, yeah, Kemen is a little shit. Fuck yeah. him. And honestly, fuck Aaron, too. I'm like, girl, you need you need to take those rose-colored glasses off. This man is a bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that it almost kind of pitched it that, like, he not only was doing it because he thought it was right uh, in terms of burning the ships and not wanting them to go, but because she, like, pleaded... And like begged him because of course she doesn't want her father and her brother to go because it's Mm -hmm. dangerous. So like even politics, elves and humans out like out of it, she would have felt the same way. I probably would have too, if that was my only family and they're both going off to war. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I get that, but there is the the point where she's like, you need to make this man listen talking about homeboy Mm -hmm. that we never know his name. Um, you just said it, Maddie, but Yeah. Um, so is this kid, he's not his son, right? He's just like his like apprentice almost. I think I think he's just an apprentice. I, I yeah, he's I think he's he just father and son vibes though. Yeah. Because she was basically saying, like, he will listen to you. And he's like, Oh no, his ears are closed when I speak. And she's like, No, but make him listen, as if they had a better relationship than anybody else in the guild so that yeah so i don't know something to note that their relationship is is closer than that of him and the the commander dude whatever and everybody else like all the other apprentices but um okay maddie is there anybody that you wanted to talk about yeah just uh quickly and uh i do want to talk a little bit about the character development of the elf king i don't know his name oh um shit Shit. Uh, Gilgadad. Yes, Gilgadad. Yep. Gilgadad? <laughs> the last 
G-A-L-A-D. Gilgalad. Gilgalad. Oh, Lord. All right. All right. Hey, I know. Oh, my God. No, it's funny, Jenna, because Jenna's on the phone, so she's not seeing us. Usually we, we record this and we're looking at each other on video and Maddie's face <laughs> when she said that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, Gilgadad. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> Gilgadad, your grace. Um, so I, I thought this interaction between him and Elrond was really interesting and we haven't really seen his grace that much. I think we got like a few snippets of him in previous episodes um, but I, it sucks because it, it feels like he's being shady with Elrond and, you know, Elrond does call him out later and it's like, yo, bitch, like, I'm not lying to you. You've been lying to me. And they go through this whole conversation and basically the, the king is like, Hey, basically like you keeping that oath to your friend is going to be the doom of our people. Like, is it worth it? Yeah. So, um, I really thought he was bad in the beginning. I was like, oh no, this, this elf is bad, but I don't think he is. I think he's, you know, for the good of the people got to yeah, do what you got to do. We, well, we see a lot of that with the the leaders. Like we see it with mm-hmm. Muriel. We see it with Galadriel, you know, she's essentially doing all of this to protect everyone. Um, so yeah, I definitely, he's not a bad guy. Um, but actually that brings us right into, I don't know, Jenna, if you wanted to talk about him specifically, but that brings us right into the next point that I want to talk about, which is, is these Semerals. Semerals! <laughs> so, so, I'm so confused by this because <laughs> I... <laughs> well, the thing is, because, if we're confused, we're all fucked, so... <laughs> well, no, like, I know, I, well, I know about the, the Semerals. I, it's just, I'm confused why they're in the story considering... The Cimmerillion, there wasn't supposed to be anything from that book in this. So for them to mention them, I'm like, where where are they actually going with mm-hmm. mentioning the Cimmerils if they can't, if Bezos doesn't have the right to the book? So when they actually mentioned the name, I was like, are they allowed to do that? Well, <laughs> I was like, are they worth it? Yeah, and I think it's worth noting, too, that in episode four, the dwarves called it something else. So... Well, yeah, Merrill is is an ore in itself. Like, that's the, like, in the book, like, Mithril and Simrils are two different things. uh, So I'm wondering, like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, um, but we do know, obviously, that's the material that makes the rings right well they they also like the big thing with like um well the simrals just hold a lot of power as as well and then the mithril is they're concerned about because that's something that they can use for for weapons for armor um they they can do a lot with it and it's since we're on that scene the biggest thing was like Elrond making the connection mm-hmm. of why this was so important because he um Gilgalad has Elrond recount um a story 
And he's like, why would I, what does this have to do with anything? And then he tells the story and he's like, oh, (laughs) okay, I see where you're going. It all makes sense now. Um, Because it's the the song of the the roots of uh, Hisaglir, which is the name of the tree um, that I like had mentioned way, way in the beginning about the trees that created the Cimarals. And this is the story of that, about this knight, this elf battling a Balrog, which we finally see a Balrog that they saw, in, you know, that they showed previews of like two episodes ago. Mm. So they finally, um, but yeah, that's the whole story is that, you know, that's how those it was all all created and the fact that you know he takes him to the tree and he shows them that it's dying and it really sets it in stone into Elrond like wow this isn't some like selfish venture that you had me go on this like to go and deceive the dwarves or anything like that it's like we're really in trouble yeah so and that's actually really nice to see because um maddie you mentioned seeing the king before we i think only saw him in episode one when he received galadriel and then sends her off to like the elf heaven and then that's when she gets runs into halbrand but um so it's it is nice to see you know she was trying so hard to convince everybody that sauron's still alive there's evil still out there you know it's not it hasn't been uh you know vanquished whatever so it's nice to see that they are figuring that out too um you know so they can assemble because there is one point at the end of the episode where we see just how many fucking orcs there are and it's incredible so i'm like they yeah this episode was definitely everybody coming well at the end of last episode and this episode it's it's the main characters who were kind of against Galadriel are now realizing oh shit she was right yes because the last episode it was Muriel with the you know seeing the vision and realizing oh Galadriel leaving Numenor is what's causing this like we need to follow her she she's right and now it's Elrond who is like well and and Gilgalad because you know he knew that the tree was dying and now he's telling Elrond about it and you know Calabrimbor knows about it and you know, it's like all these people are now realizing that she, she knew what she was talking about and it's happening. Yep. So that's nice because, um, like I mentioned, just from like a viewer standpoint, I like to see, you know, the, at the point where everybody who's separated, you know, comes together and they're all finally on the same page. I think it's just really, um, satisfying. So, you know, we're definitely gearing up to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the, uh, what, one thing that I wanted to mention too, I, this is actually more so like a character thing, uh, just going back to that for a second is with a sealed door. And I guess I, I want to point this more towards like theories, um, with a sealed door, you know, we're starting to see a little bit, but then towards the end, and I was noting it because, you know, his storyline is really developing right now um into mm-hmm. where we know that he's going to end up but uh you know at the end of it with him he's basically in a lieutenant uniform on the ship with his dad and his friends so that was kind of nice to see round out but it's going to be really interesting to see how being in you know being in middle earth fighting the orcs and being around all of that 
is going to affect him because obviously we know where he ends up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the, I want to say with Muriel, I, a big question mark is, you know, her father tells her not to go and that mm-hmm. there's only darkness at middle earth for her. So she doesn't get on the boat, but what does that mean? I guess like what she just stays in Luminor and holds down the fort, I guess. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. Um, yeah. cause I, uh, I think that also has to do with the fact that the, her dad also, um, cause we have to remember that her dad has had access to the sea, the seeing orb, uh, for a lot longer than she has. Mm-hmm. So he's probably seen more things that, than she has using it all the time. So I could see him knowing like her end or how, mm. uh, like what her future looks like. So he probably said that because he's seen it, I would think. Yeah. yeah so you know, uh, quick, quick uh, just question, or maybe, maybe this is just like a theory or something that I'm putting out about Muriel's father. So of course he's sick. We understand that. And it, it's definitely like, coming off like dementia almost because when he says her name he's like Muriel and it seems like that that clarity and she's like yes it's it's me but I'm wondering now that you just said that like he's had access to the seeing stone for so long I wonder if using it so much like kind of gave him the dementia in a way and I wonder if it's gonna I don't know that's just like a thought that I had I'm like that could be a cool plot but I'm like, that could be Muriel's fucking doom too, is like using the sea mm-hmm. orb for Numenor all those years. It like, it affects you. So it's that magic has a price cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, you're both pretty spot on with what I was thinking and, uh, you know, kind of going full circle with it because he probably, he definitely has seen it. And the thing is, is I'm just like, what, good is Muriel going like I think that the reason why she said she was going to go originally was to show that you know she's going to stand with her people on the front lines and she's also you know as a as a gesture of like good faith with Galadriel like I'm going to go with her but really I'm Mm -hmm. like what good would you would you have done like really you're just putting yourself in the kingdom in you know in danger when it comes to ruling because clearly her father can't rule and she as far as I know doesn't have any like heirs. But then that was actually kind of an overall question that I had, and it might be different in each kingdom, but the line of succession, is it like, is it familial? Is it your family that succeeds you or are you elected? Like, is it a democracy? Because we know that this man right now is king in Linden of the elves, but we know eventually Elrond becomes kings when we get to the point of the the book or the movies so yeah uh, um I think it it depends on the 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 kingdom uh I think it we also have to remember too that I think just because elves live so much longer um and some of them necessarily don't necessarily have to have heirs to pass anything along whereas in Numenor um I would, being more human, I would think it would have a lot more to do with your actual family. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, just a quick note too about um, Muriel going to Middle Earth. I always thought it was weird. I mean, yes, I get it, like the act of good faith for her people and for Galadriel, but um, her father is sick. I'm like, you do you trust anyone enough to leave him there to be his caretaker? I would not leave him. I'd be like, Galadriel, I'll support you, but I can't leave my dad. Yeah, because without her there, it would just be on homeboy fuck is his name commander dude you know because he's but he's the cousin of her and clearly you know his motivations are not at all altruistic and he you know has other motives of even agreeing to help the elves with this or to help galadriel i should say with this Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah so don't trust him at all don't trust the other little shit that's flirting with the girl I, guys yeah. the names i can't oh, no. <laughs> i fucking can't oh, yeah. like just try to keep up with me but um okay before we get into favorite scenes and uh what we're looking forward to the most um do you guys have any other specific notes about the episode about the series about any of the characters um no, because I kind of like went through everything that I was like super excited about and just some of my confusion on some things that were mentioned and things like that. Because everything else is kind of, there's like little moments throughout the episode that I that I liked. Um, like one other small thing was when um, Aaron Deere gives kind of like archery pointers to Theo. Mm. Um because there was just another little moment of I think because obviously Theo like doesn't want anything to do with the elves either um he doesn't understand why Aaron Deer is even there like because he knows I mean he knows the the elves they can you know live forever and it's like why are you here why are you bothering to help you know why why are you bothering with my mom like you can go and live and survive like why are you helping us Mm-hmm. That's the and, biggest reason, I'm sure. What are you doing here with my mom? Yeah. yeah. And then that's the other It's like right after that scene, our, well, the continuation of that scene is that, you know, Theo decides to show Arendir the, the hilt, mm-hmm. the, the sword. And Arendir is like, I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> and he uncovers that like carving and the statue that's in the wall of the tower that they're like hit they're you know hunkered down in so it's like yeah so do you know what exactly that was because that was a little like I didn't it's, really it's understand. Basically, um uh, Bronwyn kind of like mentions it because um it's it's very much the it's, it's like very much the way of their people like anytime that like as far as the battle with Morgoth and everything before, a lot of those humans sided with Morgoth um, because they found that there was no other way to survive. And that's also why um, Waldreg, who is the older guy, um, you know, when Bronwyn stands up to them and says, you know, we're going to have to fight together in order to survive. I know that, you know, we don't have that many resources we don't have that much food but you know in order for us to survive we're going to have to stick together and Waldron's like nah like (laughs) we want to survive and we know that it's the way of our people like we are meant to 
support evil, essentially. Yeah. So he takes half the people and goes and meet up, you know, he meets up with the orcs and Adar and well, we, we know what happened with that. What a douche um, that guy is. God, I'm happy. Well, I'm not happy. I was hoping that Adar would kill him. I was like, oh, please, please just kill this guy and be like, you yeah. know, this is what I'm about. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they go off. We see we see that, that scene um, as far as, like, Adar being like, well, if you are going to side with us, you have to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, yeah, we need blood. They didn't exactly... You know, they didn't exactly show it, but we know what happens. You know, Waldreg is, you know, we assume kills Rowan for mm-hmm. that essential blood, you know, you know, proving that they are willing to follow him. Because it's also, um, Waldreg assumes that Adar is Sauron. Mm-hmm. And just the way that Adar acts, um, we kind of know that he's not. Yeah. Um, because he's like, nah like <laughs> uh, no I'm just gonna like who do you think I am like that's that's not me I'm I'm different kind of thing yeah but um to, to go back with Bronwyn says you know Bronwyn basically says that they are meant for the darkness and that there's no other way to survive because that's just what their people have always done in situations like this where they they side with evil because it's it's a way for them to actually survive even though what they're doing is terrible um which also ties in Halbrand in, in a way as well because you know he talks about you know you don't know the things that I've done to survive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that's where I came from I came from the Southland but you know it, it gives an insight to the human survival versus like the dwarves the Harfoots and you know what they have to do to to make it out alive yeah, yeah. humans um, so you know like it makes sense that they'd be like oh we're weak we're not magical creatures so like blood oath it is yeah <laughs> seriously hey um yeah so actually speaking of well one note that i just want to say on bronwyn and um aaron deer being you know officially reunited uh and not running through the woods um is that there's one scene where Bronwyn is speaking to the people and it's right before the the douchebag is like fuck this we gotta go side with them but she you know she's standing up like on the the kind of like terrace area and the way that Aaron Deere is just standing behind her like a fucking bodyguard was so hot I'm like god this man (laughs) um last note on this uh, and I don't know what it is there's something about Bronwyn that I don't like, which sucks because she's been right this whole time. She's been only trying to be like helpful. I don't know what it is about her. Maybe I'm just like, Aaron Deer is so hot. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. Which is not because she's adorable. She's so cute. Um, but I don't know. I think, I don't know what it is about her character. Like, she, I think it's probably her son that I really, I don't like her because of her son. Yeah. Well, Theo is a little shit mm-hmm. and that definitely carries, but like, I do think I get a little bit of like sh- pretentiousness from her. Yeah. Like, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the other yeah. thing that doesn't help her case is that she kind of switched pretty quickly. Um, you know, because first she's talking about how they all have to stick together and that they'll get through this, you know, you know, we'll survive this. 
And then, of course, as soon as her her people are cut in half, she's like, you know what? We're just meant for the darkness. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it is very flip-floppy. It's not, it's not very... Yeah, it's very flip floppy. It's very just like, you know, she she kind of just gave in pretty quick uh, about that. So, um, which, you know, you put yourself in that situation. It's it's hard not to, you know, have her mentality because it's not like she announced to everybody, hey, never mind, like we're going to give up. It's something that she spoke candidly with you know, Aaron Dare alone, you know, she only told him, like, you know what, this, you know, maybe we should just give up. You know, she's still putting on a strong front and a strong face for the people that are still standing behind her. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously wavering, you know, well, and if I was in her situation, I would too. I'd be like, shit, half my people just gave up on me. Yeah. yeah, and it makes sense to consult your counsel. You know what I mean? Like, of course, put on the front for yeah. the people, but behind closed doors, you talk to your most trusted ally. You're like, hey, I actually, this is how I really feel. Yeah. Well, of yeah. course. Yeah, you're going to say, yeah, you're, um, you know, what you're worried about. And, you know, she, the only person that she can really be vulnerable with right now is Aaron Deere. Um, and then, you know, not only this happens before that the split basically but you know they're they're calling for their true king so it's like mm-hmm. she's not really getting the respect anyways like people are listening to her because there's no one else to listen to and but yeah. really ultimately she knows that they aren't the most loyal crop so you know and they're they're not really like respecting her as you know the the person that's stepping up right now um fully because if somebody yeah. else came along that was better they would switch it up for sure oh you mean a man yeah yeah exactly probably yeah (laughs) that's the thing is that's a that's kind of a theme that's been going on this entire episode is kind of uh people going back and forth and and how they're really feeling about what's going on you know obviously we saw it with Muriel um you know we we see it with Broadwin now and then now we also we also saw it with um Halbrand as well because Mm -hmm. it's a point when Galadriel you know you know, apologizes to him, there is that, that scene. Um, and I had mentioned it before. It's where he's talking about how she doesn't realize what he did to, you know, survive, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, ties in with that scene of, um, Adar just, you know, having those, the, that half of the people go and surrender to him so it's like it, it very much sets up that that's what Halbrand did. That you know he probably was in Waldreg's position and had to kill a few of his own people to prove to whoever was in command at the time, uh, you know, for his survival. And it, you know, it makes you feel bad because, like you had mentioned before, Maddie, we, you know, when you're not this immortal being you know, you, you're fragile. Like you, you can, you know, you, you can't withstand, you know, battle like some of the other, you know, races and stuff in, in this, this universe. And, um, Gladriel, he says a line too. And I noted this is that, you know, sometimes to find the light, we must first touch the darkness. Almost reassuring that, you know, what you did to survive is okay it doesn't mean you're evil 
you know, you just, you had to do questionable things, you know, for your own sake. So actually, and, um, really quick, just on the note, of, oh, sorry, hold on. Just really quick on the note of that quote. Isn't that you're saying Halbrand said that to her? Yeah. No, she's, she said no, that to she, she said, Oh, she's, she said, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because her brother said that to her. We saw that in, you know, when she was younger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Keep yeah. going. No. Yeah. So she, she says it to him in a way because, um, cause their conversation turns to her brother because she talks about how, um, you know, Halbrand, you know, she explains to Halbrand, like, listen, you know, we've all been there. We've all had to do bad things. You know, even my own people turned on me when they realized that, you know, my mission was going to put my people's lives in, like, in danger. Because she, in the beginning, that first episode, she was ready to keep marching in that snow and keep pushing forward. And her whole, you know, group, they, they all turned on her and, you well, know, and, and said, no, we're not yeah, doing this anymore. They asked and, her not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, nah, so, we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they- so her, her explaining that to Halbrand is kind of also making him realize, you know, you know, that this is something that she's passionate about. And she finally says it herself that, you know, the reason why she keeps pushing forward is because she can't stop, mm-hmm. you know, her, her revenge, her need for vengeance is so strong that, you know, it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> like it's starting to, it's, 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 you know, it's a problem. And then she gives Halbrand back that, uh, that little pouch, that necklace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Going off my original point of people flip-flopping back and forth, that's another thing that we see at the end of the episode where Halbrand kind of tosses that pouch on the table and then he changes his mind and he picks it back up and then he's on the you know boat with them at the end. Yeah. So everybody is just back and forth on how they're feeling, you know, what side they should be on, you know, and really it's like testing their their morals. Yeah, in, in and, way. and that makes a lot of sense to kind of see this flip-floppiness because we haven't even seen Sauron. Like, yes, we pretty much know that he's alive. Like, Galadriel knows from all of the context that she's been able to gather, but seeing mm-hmm. is believing. Nobody has seen him, you know? So it's kind of like, what do you... It, it's, I can understand why people would be flip-floppy because, like, there's no hard evidence. Ooh. Well, yeah. Yeah, and there's, and well there's... the, pro- the problem with it too is that you know even say if Sauron if Sauron was dead there's still problems there's still underlings that mm-hmm. still believe in Sauron and Morgoth's cause mm-hmm. you know aka like there's still commanders out there leading orc armies regardless of whether these bigger people were alive or not Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if people know that though or understand that fully like because they're smaller players they're just like well we don't know about these other commanders I mean you should always assume and I don't mm-hmm. think that people understand that like there was a plan in place when more if Morgoth <coughs> dies <coughs> you know I think that was correct me if I'm wrong that was new information to Galadriel too in like previous episodes she was like oh yeah. shit like okay, this is the plan if he died that other people would, you know, believers and followers would try to continue to do. So, yeah. 
fuck mm-hmm. up. Yeah, so it's going to be good. And I think that just on the theme of the flip floppiness, it makes sense that this being the halfway point of mm-hmm. the season and really setting up like it's it it really felt like the episode where everybody is now on the track that they're going to be on. Right. And and yep. so, yeah, we're just we're on those those roads so that it, it all really like rounded out the first of five episodes mm-hmm. nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yes. Yeah, because even like uh, Durin is on on board now too. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that little interaction of you know Elrond doesn't want to break his oath, but you know he lets Durin know. You know, we are literally we're going to die without the dwarves and okay. what they have and now and right. you know what they can help us with, which the a little bit of the like comic relief again with these two being like Jim Lee and Legolas always yeah. kind of that banter and force and yeah. just being a smart ass of like you know the the of elves is in whose hands <laughs> and, yes. he makes, and he just makes Elrond repeat it like okay yeah it's your hands you're important okay like, like, yeah that was great <laughs> but yeah just he yeah. was absolutely relishing in that fact um yeah. And same thing with like the even like, the small detail of the table. Like he made oh. such a big deal of the table being so important. And then the elves are like carrying this like two ton table of freaking stone. And he's laughing about it because it's not important. He's like, Yeah, my wife just, you know, wants a new table. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. And he does make another joke even at the table where um uh Elrond cuts him off he's about to say well it usually takes you guys even a week to decide to shit I know yeah it's so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I I really I I do like the the little like comic relief of it, it's just very it's very just much calls back to you know Lord of the Rings where yeah it's pretty serious shit but you know you always have a dwarf and an elf just uh you know oh, we going back it, and forth uh, a dwelf relationship. <laughs> a dwelf relationship. Yes. We ship the dwelfs. Like this needs <laughs> to always be around. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Um, okay. So we are going to spend the last couple minutes talking about um, favorite scenes and what we are most excited for. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Maddie is is so filled with glee right now. So I will. I think that me and Jenna might have the favorite same scene because neither one of us have mentioned a single fucking thing about it yet. I'm not sure. Go ahead, go okay. ahead, Maddie. I am so excited. <laughs> this fucking fight scene with Galadriel and yeah. the boys. It was. I literally cried because of how beautiful it was. The way she, it's like a a dance, a waltz, a ballet. Fucking give me, what's that one? That one really famous swan ballet. That's what it was giving, but with swords. And I will say this, I was so mad about her blue dress in Numenor. And I think like Numenor is super aesthetic. So they're going to make her aesthetic as well, but she's a fucking commander. Put her in some goddamn pants and a, and a (laughs) fucking like a shield on her chest. But for this scene, the blue dress worked. It worked because 
she's elfy and frail and feminine and blah 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 and it just very flowy very flowy very flowy um the bitch is sick with it those first three moves where she just gets out of the way with like such grace Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I loved it. I yeah. fucking lo- I watched that a couple times over because it was so beautiful. Yeah, from a production standpoint, um the choreography. Ugh. First of all, like it must have taken them months to get that down cuz it was so detailed in the way they were moving how close they got to each other. Um so I really appreciated that from like a physical production standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. I was like, yeah, I, and it was predictable almost. Like I was like, she's going to show these guys up. Like, oh, yeah. but I, think, oh, yeah. I mean, we knew that, but like to see it played out yeah. still more than I expected. It was still stunning. And again, another quick note, it was well lit broad fucking day. We saw everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that we don't get a lot of in shows where there's so many like so much attention to detail so that's nice like a lot of times in in shows that have cgi and that have you know a lot of props and it like really decadent um sets we they kind of dim it down for us so we're not seeing as much right but this in this show everything is well lit i haven't seen a single thing that i'm like squinting at you know yeah Yeah. turn up the brightness Mm -hmm. on my tv real quick (laughs) yeah make sure it's not the settings (laughs) Um, and yeah, and the, the last thing I'll say, there's only one thing that I would have changed about this scene and it is, they give her a little matrix moment. She bends back Mm -hmm. and I loved it, but I wish they would have lingered there for one second longer. I wanted the full matrix back bend. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. I'm going to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, Jenna, yeah, so, what's your favorite scene? Yeah, so between that scene, uh, just because yeah, she, she shows them up, you know, that's, I think, I think, okay, so that's two, two scenes that I think have the same vibe, and the reason why I like them so much is that scene in particular, because, yeah, she's showing them up, it is beautiful, The like, all choreographed is great. Um, but it also showed the people like what she's capable of doing because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the a, a lot of these people have never met an elf seen an elf like a lot of the younger generation they they don't this is like the first time actually like seeing her right mm-hmm. so their impression and their like faces when they actually see her doing this is just like chef's kiss like their reaction is just like oh shit like this bitch and then that ties in to the ending scene for me when she shows up on the ship and she's in her fucking armor oh oh fucking armor i was so happy it's it's like it's the same vibe it's the same reaction where you know she steps onto because so with the whole scene of like they show Halbrand, like he shows up, he's in his armor, like everything's great. We see all the cadets, like we see Valadil, he's the lieutenant, they're all in their, you know, armor and everything, and then she steps on the boat. And it's almost like time stops in a way and everybody just looks at her. Yeah. Because they're like, 
not only did she just show us up earlier with her like actual sword skills but now she looks fucking badass yeah Yeah. so like those are like my two like favorite I would say scenes because that that last bit I was just especially like when it comes to I'm really glad that you com- mentioned like, that. Stuff, I was just like, I that that armor. I just, I want to oh make it. God. Like, yeah. I love that armor so much. Absolute <laughs> fucking showstopper she was in that. I screamed. Um, I was like, finally, we get to see her in a position of like power, really, because outside of the first episode, we've only seen people going against her, and now she's like, she's really stepping into it now, and she looks like a commander, and it's fucking great. It's awesome to see. Yeah. And I think for me too, like, I'm so glad that you mentioned these two scenes together. It, you're so right. Like the correlation is fucking there. Um, and I was obviously super pleased. I've brought up the blue dress multiple times because like, you know, maybe I'm just PTSD from the patriarchy, but I'm just like, dude, please like stop putting these badass women in dresses. Like, yeah, they can mm-hmm. still fight in them, but I don't see any warriors and men in dresses. The fuck? Like, get that shit out of here over it done with it we're in 2022 i mean i don't know when middle earth was maybe that was in like the 1800s but you get me yeah well and the thing is 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 what it kind of looks like is that the humans are the most patriarchal of all of them because elvish women are still i mean correct me if i'm wrong jenna but like there really is no difference because they're all so powerful they're all equally as powerful men and women male and female elves i should say and then it seems like even in the dwarfs you know we have disa that has this incredible power with her voice so it's like it really just feels like the humans we have um we have bronwyn who's not being taken seriously a human and then we have the the situation with galadriel and, and luminor not being taken seriously because she's an elf and they don't trust her but also because she's a woman uh-huh. so it kind of seems like there's a trend with humans which <laughs> makes total sense when yeah, yeah. thinking about reality yeah. it does <laughs> it does um i do have one other favorite scene it was really <laughs> it was a split second um, but when they are preparing the boats, it's a little bit earlier in the episode, they're preparing the boats and like you see people like moving shit on the boats and right in the left hand corner of the fucking screen, they're like, they have a horse. Horse, I saw it. <laughs> Pulled yeah. up on like a crane. I guess he's going on the boat. Yeah, well, they need horses. Yeah. They need God, a that was so funny. Do you guys remember that one cow, that viral cow video, uh, like a while ago, where the cow gets like airlifted out of somewhere? That's what it reminded me of. Listeners, <laughs> if you're on TikTok, you know this video. Yeah, um, that I noticed that too. Clearly, a fake horse. Thank God, um, because <laughs> I would have had a bone to pick if that was actually a real horse being hoisted for no reason. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I noticed that too. It was very clear. It was very funny because it was just so random. Like, so random. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, oh, what were you saying, Jenna? I said it's the little details that we noticed. Yeah. I love it. And I really appreciate them for that. God, that, it, it really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, besides that, Sam, do you have any other favorite scenes besides the Harfoots? Um, no, it was really just the ending scene where they all come together. You know, I really love that, that moment and that initiative. I love that, um, Asildor is on the boat too, and in armor, not hiding, uh, you know, below deck and trying to get over there. Um, you know, he's actually like 
you know, on there for a reason and known. So I liked that, but um, I'm really just excited. Like this episode got me very excited for what's to come. So I mm-hmm. didn't watch the newest one, but I've heard a few good things already. So okay, that's good. That's good. We won't go into detail. We will talk about that on the next. We all watch it. Yeah. The next yes. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. On that note, I guess, thank you guys so much for coming and listening uh, and catching up with us. Sorry that we had a little hiatus that, you know, that hurricane came and we had to work around it, but um, we appreciate you and your little ho ourselves. <laughs> um, on that note, Jenna, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ojenna Elise, and then uh, also on Twitch as well at just Jenna Elise. So, okay, and you, stuff. as always, can find us on Instagram at hb.hose, Twitter hb underscore hose, and email hose at hbhose.com if you have any comments or notes or just want to flame us for fucking up all the names hell yeah, <laughs> yeah send us some emails we love you yeah all right we will talk to you next time later bye